On May 14th, Pope Francis implored the world to pray together with non-Christians of all kinds, united as one to God for an end to the global affliction. This call was made by Francis on May 3rd, where he said, quote, Believers of all the religions to unite together spiritually on May 14th in a day of prayer and fasting to implore God to help humanity overcome the affliction, a call which was echoed by everyone from Mormons to animists. I'd say it was an unprecedented move, but to be truly honest, since John Paul II's Assisi debacle, this isn't unprecedented at all. But this recent call was put out by something called the Committee for Human Fraternity, an interfaith organization that includes high-ranking Vatican prelates. Let's have a look at this because it reeks of the ape of the false church. This is by itself another historic break for the church. Historically, to put it mildly, the church did not endorse praying with non-Catholic organizations or peoples, but instead called them to convert. This kind of prayer was actually labeled infallibly as sinful as numerous infallible councils of the church in history, and it's historically carried the penalty of excommunication. The higher committee on human fraternity is clearly an anomaly in the history of the church. Today I have a statement from Archbishop Vigano on the committee, followed by some context and thoughts of my own on the committee and its place in building the ape of the Church of Catholic Prophecy. First, the words of Archbishop Vigano. The Plans of Our Enemies by Archbishop Vigano. On May 8th, three cardinals and nine bishops, together with many doctors, journalists, lawyers, thinkers, and professionals from all over the world, launched an appeal to raise public awareness among people, governments, scientists, and the media about the serious dangers to individual freedom caused during the current crisis. These dangers have been felt more severely in some countries than others, but the attention of Catholics and people of goodwill must be drawn everywhere so that we can all understand together what is happening. If we all consider only the health side of the crisis and fail to understand its social, economic, political, and religious implications, we will be on the way to a future in which governments and the church hierarchy will be drawn down by powers which think there is no higher authority than themselves and whose purpose is very unclear. The idea of plans for a new world order under which countries and ordinary citizens saw their identity taken away by a powerful elite might be seemed might have seemed absurd a few until a few years ago. Now these very plans are being stated and indeed pushed as good for society and for individuals. These plans as promoted by the international groupings must be unmasked, understood and revealed. In ordinary times, such would be the task of the media, to make each of us aware of what is happening so that we can speak out against it as individual believers and members of a community. This is the purpose of the appeal, to break the media silence we are seeing, especially in terms of the lack of any discussion of individual freedoms and rights. These are now being censored and controlled. We also wish to ask members of the scientific community to discuss these matters without pressure being applied by economic or ideological interests, and to remind governments of their responsibility for the good of all. The appeal has certainly raised a certain amount of discussion and debate. In Germany, many bishops have simply spoken of wild alternative theories, and have completely failed to refute any of our claims. They have thus climbed onto the bandwagon of current ideology. During a recent interview with the German Catholic weekly magazine Die Tagespost, Cardinal Mueller, one of the signatories of the appeal, courageously notes that the modern trend is to consider anyone who thinks things in a different way as like a paranoid, crazy person. He also says, those who fail to distinguish between the suitability and danger of globalization deny reality. Pope Francis has spoken out against states and international bodies imposing 
medical Moloch worship in poor countries as a form of neocolonialism, and denying them aid if they refuse to implement this. When Albert Fujimori was the president of Peru, I spoke to many women and men who had been sterilized unknowingly and who had been tricked with large sums of money and promises about health care and a better life. Is this some sort of wild, crazy theory? The same must be said about accusations of wild, crazy theories concerning discussions of inoculating 7 billion people, even though the inoculation has not been properly tested yet and basic rights may be denied to anyone who refused the inoculation. Nobody can be forced to believe that a couple of billionaire benefactors have the best plans for improving things around the world simply because they have been able to accumulate such huge sums of money. We have heard the same thing of... Uh, from Archbishop Athanasius Schneider. It is amazing the church, politics, and media establishment have all tried to discredit, in line with mainstream trends, the anxiety expressed in the appeal with their knockout argument of a wild, crazy theory so that any further debate is immediately killed stone dead. I remember the same sort of reaction and language under the Soviet dictatorship, when dissidents and critics of the main ideology and political regime were accused of complicity with wild, crazy theories in the capitalist West. It should also be said that the appeal, leaving aside those criticism which have been made by those who wish to whitewash the countless incongruities in the things we can see all with our own eyes, has been supported by important laymen and women and many eminent representatives of the world of science and the media. Robert Francis Kennedy Jr. has spoken in favor of the appeal. In less than one week, the appeal has gathered almost 40,000 signatures and is now being read in the East. It is clear that there is a deep fracture among the hierarchy, and the appeal has let us all see this. Proof of this can be seen in the clearly authoritarian basis for the Pray for Humanity Day set up by the Committee for Brotherly Fraternity in the United Arab Emirates to ask for an end to the crisis, to which the Holy See immediately gave its approval. This trend, recently ratified in the Abu Dhabi Declaration, clearly draws its inspiration from the relativist ideology behind the Lodge's thought. As such, it is absolutely nothing Catholic in it and it is extremely worrying that the church has allowed itself to be used as outreach by the new order of the world, which is absolutely and utterly anti-Catholic. Those are the words of Archbishop Carlo Maria Viganò. Some of this information comes from Catholic News Agency, and you can find the links to that on in the uh, sources blog, which is linked on the in the description of this video or podcast. They provide some good information about who comprises this committee and its connection to the Abu Dhabi Prayer House, which if you're not familiar with what that is, I covered that back in winter of 2019 when the plans were unveiled to build a prayer center that had a uh, Saracen worship building, a uh, Hebrew worship building, and a Catholic church on the same grounds in one complex as an ecumenical sign of peace. It was itself born from a document signed by Francis with the leader of one sect of the Saracen religion, and it made waves including a call from Bishop Schneider for Francis to clarify what the document means, a clarification that in practice never really came. In recent days, this has birthed something calling itself the Higher Committee for Human Fraternity, which at present has nine members, five Saracens, one Hebrew, a religious teacher, two Catholics who are members of the Roman Curia, and for some reason one United Nations official who has no stated religion in her biography. Bishop Paul Hinder, the titular Archbishop of Southern Arabia, said that as he understands it, after the establishment of the committee, it was thought mainly as a body related to the initiative of the prayer house in Abu Dhabi. The purpose of that is to promote ecumenical dialogue for peace. 
Again, notice there's no call to conversion. And given that the buildings are built on one single foundation, it symbolically, symbolically makes it look like they're basically branches of one religion. Personally, I'd keep away from the place if I were you. But it gets better. There had been organizations partnering with the higher committee in the Vatican for this global day of prayer. Partners supporting the committee's Pray for Humanity campaign include the Vatican, the Saracen Council of Elders, the UAE Ministry of Tolerance, World Council of Churches, and the UN Alliance of Civilizations, according to their website. Now, the church has rarely, if ever, worked with the World Council of Churches, which has worked to unite Christianity under a single banner. And the Catholic Church objects to this project for rather obvious reasons. And if we were to unite with the World Council of Churches, that would, of course, fly in the face of the history of the church. But let's zero in on the UN Alliance of Civilizations here, because that group... as it has a rather serious crystal waver vibe to it that should set off alarm bells for any and all believers. According to the website for the Alliance of Civilizations, this group was founded to address conflicts between cultures that threaten global peace. It's a laudable goal to be sure, but there's some underlying problems here that should be observed. From their website, quote, The United Nations Alliance for Civilizations was established in 2005 as the political initiative Mr. Kofi Annan, former UN Secretary General and co-sponsored by the governments of Spain and Turkey. A high-level group of experts was formed by Mr. Anand to explore the roots of polarization between societies and cultures today and to recommend a practical program of action to address this issue. The report of the high-level group provided analysis and put forward practical recommendations that form the basis for the implementation plan of the UN Alliance of Civilizations. End quote. The UN includes among these practical recommendations, quote, Four priority areas for action. Education, youth, the free movement of human beings, and the media. The UN Alliance of Civilizations project activities fashioned around these four areas, which can play a critical role in helping to reduce a cross-cultural tension and to build bridges between communities. In 2019, Mr. Moratinos announced that he intends to propose adding women as peace mediators as an additional pillar of the UNAOC, end quote. In other words, the Alliance for Civilizations works to promote the, goal, the goals of the uh, global planetary lodge we live in. And these goals are often at odds with, with religions that these groups claim to now be working with in the Committee for Human Fraternity. But this brings us back to Archbishop Vigano, who pointed out that this all has the whiff of secretive plans of alternative hypotheses involving tinfoil headgear all about it. Why? Because everyone's favorite philanthropist, George S., has appeared on the scene and said that this is the great opportunity to push for real change in the world, and he called it a revolutionary moment. I don't know about you, but suddenly I feel reassured. Taking just a couple note quotes from LifeSite, you'll see what I mean. Quote, Even before the crisis hit, I realized that we were in a revolutionary moment where what would be impossible or even inconceivable in normal times had become not only possible, but probable, absolutely necessary. He said during an interview on May 11th, George also said that Europe is facing several existential dangers. He was particularly concerned about the survival of the EU because it's an incomplete union. While according to the Hungarian-born billionaire, the European Union was in the process of being created, that process was never completed. Thus, George said the EU was exceptionally vulnerable, more vulnerable than the U.S., not just because it is an incomplete union, but also because it is based on the rule of law, end quote. Being based on the rule of law is a bad thing to, to this man, then you know we've got a serious problem ahead of us. But it gets better. The Grand Lodge of Italy has praised this move from the Vatican and its allies in establishing this higher committee. 
This isn't surprising. Ecumenism has historically been seen by the church as the work of the lodge and not Catholic in the slightest. At least, ecumenism as we are using it here today. The Italian lodge is even calling for the document to give birth to formal magisterial teaching that cements ecumenism of this kind as part of Catholic doctrine. The leaders of the Italian lodge specifically cite Catholic social teaching as the blueprint to move forward with this. Again, this is very reassuring, and I, for one, am not worried in the slightest about the influence and endorsement of the Lodge in this, and I'm sure you share my feelings on this as well. This ecumenism is really the key to understanding what's going on with this and why the UN would want to be involved. The UN Alliance of Civilizations works to create what they call One Humanity, which transcends pretty much petty human differences that cause incredible conflict. They promote the strange idea that the worst wars in human history were caused by religion, which isn't exactly true unless they're, you know, admitting that the ideology of the Soviet Union is itself a religion. The UN of Alliance of Civilizations website says this of their goals, quote, Together as one humanity in a time of crisis, UNAOC brings stories of solidarity and compassion amid the current crisis from its global community, of alumni and program participants. As we grapple with this new reality, we are reminded that we can only overcome this together as hashtag one humanity, end quote. One humanity is an interesting concept. Our Lord gave us several indications that the world would still be divided when he returned, even if it was bound together in a false unity under the auspices of the man of sin. The nations exist and are really nothing to be ashamed of, nor are they Anything to work to unify, most especially not under some false religion that pushes for unity based on some fake notion of shared values and crystal-waving ideas that all religions are fundamentally true at their core. Recently, I've begun on this channel to cover the dangers of that movement, and it links to the UN and major NGOs that are pushing for your cure for this current crisis. So keep an eye on that for more material on, on that as my research unfolds. And if the idea, you know, the idea that all religions are true to their core should be kind of offensive to all members of all religions, really. But, you know, too few Catholics are bothering to talk about the dangers of the Crystal Waver movement and its, frankly, satanic foundation. This push for one humanity is part of that process, and it is part built, partly built on one false notion of the Crystal Wavers, which co-ops aspects of all religion in order to promote their brand of mysticism, with the overt goal of suppressing and eliminating the Orthodox faiths, most especially Christianity presence of the Lodge and all of this cements that observation. If anybody's got any texts, by the way, out there on the direct links between the Lodge and its movement and the Crystal Waivers, please feel free to email me. The email's in the description of this. In closing, these words of Pope Pius XI are instructive here. He wrote them concerning the World Council of Churches, but they absolutely apply to, to these other uh, faiths as well. Quote, is it permitted for Christians to be present at or to take part in conventions, gatherings, meetings, or societies of non-Catholics which aim to associate together under a single agreement everyone who, in any way, lays claim to the name of Christian? In the negative. It is clear, therefore, why this apostolacy has never allowed its subjects to take part in the assemblies of non-Catholics. There is only one way in which the unity of Christians may be fostered, and that is by the fur- furthering the return to the one true Church of Christ for those who are separated from her. End quote. We know there is truly only one author of peace, and that is Jesus Christ. It is only through submission to him and the recognition of his social reign as Christ the King that we will ever know the kind of peace this committee is seeking. What has changed since Pius XI? It's simple. The French Revolution in the Catholic Church dethroned Christ the King, with no reference or few, if any, to his social kingship in the documents of the Council, with ecumenism now replacing him as King. It's a sad state of affairs, and it's probably only going to get worse from here. 
Let me know your thoughts on this. Later in the week, we have the Feast of the Ascension of Christ, at least on the Preconciliar Calendar. And while I'll be, you know, putting up a normal video that day, please do something to observe that day on Thursday. And please pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.